Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Christian Buddy Show. Cannot wait to unpack this episode. I am talking with Andrew Gung of Core Confidence Coaching. We're going to be deep diving into a few things, the dating world, dating in the online world, a bit of texting, a bit of human psychology. So this is going to be an interesting episode. Speaking of Andrew, I'm going to introduce him now. Yo, what's going on, Christian? How are you feeling? Excellent and pumped, man. That's awesome. I have read your book, The Art of Great Text Game, but I think you're leaving out one valuable part. When do I... When do I send the nudie? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> You're hilarious, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, though, um, uh, in all seriousness, though, it was, a, it was a good read because I struggle with, with texting. I, yeah. I've, I've kind of, uh, I guess, more or less, I, I've, I'm used to picking up the phone and, and calling somebody. And this whole texting thing, I'm 30 years old and I guess in the last five to 10 years, I've had to adapt this whole texting thing. Uh, what, what are your opinions? Why do you think that? Uh, yeah, why do you think that the general flow is now people are? I guess is that correct? Like, are people texting mm. more these days, or what's your opinion on that? Yeah, man. Um, it's how society is nowadays. Like, with all of these phone apps that we have, like social media on, like Facebook, Instagram. How do we communicate with our family, our friends, right? It's all through text messaging. Um, even when I did a previous business uh, back in the old days, they would do simple phone calls. And now we were taught towards the end of that business, like it's all about texting. Um, even, you know, like, look, I don't know about you, but did like, even if my parents rung me, I probably wouldn't answer. And I just, even if I'm free, I'd just reject the call and message them and say, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, it's just how the generation is nowadays, and we've basically got to adapt. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I've I've been adapting to. And I guess far too many guys, we expect to skip all the rapport building and go straight to asking the girl out. And I, I'm yeah, guilty man. of this. I'm guilty of this. And my next question is, how do we balance the rapport and asking the girl out like what's what's your opinion on that you've got to well it's all about calibrating towards her compliance level right but um that's interesting because i do get that question asked a fair bit by some of my clients coming through our coaching and you know and then i see their messages and they they feel like they can just cut straight through to dessert without going through the entrees and the main meal right and it's just like come on so think of it like this it's it's a simple principle i know most people are eager nowadays and they think okay we matched online or whatever or maybe she's interested i'm interested i can just cut to the chase and say hey you know let's go out for drinks and whatever but think of it like this if you went into I think this is a very good, simple example. If we went into a um, a car showroom and we're looking for, we're looking to buy like a, um, let's just say a BMW, right? We're looking to buy a BMW sports car and we go in and straight away the sales, the car salesperson comes up to us and he's like, hey, how's it going? Cool, let me just show you what's on sale today. Yeah, there's this beautiful uh, family car that we've got, you know, it's the end of financial year sale. Boom, you know, it comes in blue, it comes in black. I think you 
would look good in this black family car. And straight away, like, we're just like, hang on a second. You know, we might be in the buying mindset to get a car, but all of a sudden we're put off because this guy's trying to sell us what he believes we want without even getting to know us. And, you know, we might think the car's nice, but because he's just really thrown his agenda first without really understanding what we want, we're just turned off straight away. So I think that's like a, a very simple example that, you know, it's a li little bit complex to it, but just to keep it, you know, long answer short, it kind of puts it into that perspective. Yeah, there's this notion in sales and I'm not a sales expert, but mm. there's this notion in sales that you never go for the hard sale or it's always, yeah, about building that rapport. And that's something that I've learned the hard way, trying to go for the hard sale straight away. It doesn't work. Unfortunately, like we we yeah. would we would like it to work, but uh, oh. that's not how life operates. So, well, you know, especially in dating, right? Like, you have to. There has to be some form of attraction first of all, right? And it and it has to go beyond just physical attraction. Like, especially in the Western culture, like females are not just attracted to guys that look good and and that are wealthy, right? You've got to know how to, um, yeah have an attractive conversation, how to communicate, you know, man to woman, basically to her where she's like, okay, you know, this guy is easy to get along with. Um, he's not a creep. He's not a serial killer. He's someone that I can have fun with and that I know I'm not going to get awkward about if I went out on a date with him. So the attraction's got to be there. And then when the attraction's there, you know, at least she's going to consider a date, right? And then on the date, that's where, uh, she's got to feel comfortable with you. So there is a bit of a process, right? You can't just bang, hey, you know, let's go out to dinner or let's meet my family or, you know, shit like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a friend actually, and we generally go out and, you know, we, we get up to a little bit of mischief and, and things like that. And he's he's got a question for you. And, <laughs> and, um, and the question is, he's a little bit confused. Uh, when, when approaching a woman, a beautiful woman, yeah. uh, and we and, and striking up a conversation, should he be should he be getting their Instagram, their number, their email <laughs> address, their MySpace? What, what oh, what's your opinion? Man. What's your opinion on that? Email address, man. He <laughs> does the email address. Um, well, that really shows your age if you're going for an email address or a MySpace, for in that fact. Um, okay, very very good question, right? And Again, um, I usually teach my clients to do Instagram. Okay. Now there's two things, right? Um, Instagram is a safe way because for starters, if you didn't do a good job in the initial interaction, you can build some brownie points through your Instagram. If, if, if your Instagram's done pretty decent, like it's, it, it's got some photos, it shows a bit of you know, social proof, like you've got some, you know, an interesting life going on. You're, you're relatively active on it. You don't need to be a hardcore daily user that's posting up every single meal of the day and what they're doing every 10 minutes, nothing like that. But as long as it displays a bit more of your personality and it's got a fair few photos, a few videos, then Instagram's fine, right? If you don't use Instagram and you've maybe set up the account and you've probably got like 10 or 20 followers and there's like one photo and it 
it's not even a good photo i would avoid instagram because it's actually going to do you more harm than anything right so it can be used to your advantage if instagram has been set up okay so it can work in your advantage but if it doesn't work if if your instagram isn't set up properly then go straight for the number like yeah you can even just say to play it safe you can just say and most most women out there nowadays most not all but most of them do use whatsapp and you can just say hey do you use, do you use whatsapp and they'll be like yeah and just say yeah look let me um add your whatsapp and then you can exchange details that way so you've got to think about what will work in your advantage at the end of the day okay but either way is fine instagram or phone numbers fine okay what i'm here what i'm i'm trying to read between the lines here and what you're saying is that if you don't have an instagram account set up should i should someone be setting their instagram account like the basics would you recommend just setting the basics up and i just definitely all... would yeah man in the just... 21st century if you're not on instagram you know it's just like what are you doing what are you doing yeah because yeah, most because yeah. most of my friends they hate instagram and mm. it's like this is the way the trend is this is the way yeah. that everybody's going down you know and you have to keep up with the times or yeah. else yeah like think of it like this <clears throat> if when you meet when you meet someone like a complete stranger whether it's a guy or a girl and you meet them out in public Obviously, your first impression is gonna make a difference to them. It's gonna it's gonna leave a bit of a taste in their mouth of you know was this guy presented well or was he kind of shy? And if you've got a few things of like a few photos on your Insta that shows what you actually do outside of like work and all of that, the person will get a much better feel for who you are, and then their imagination kind of runs wild a little bit. So. Then it builds up a bit more trust. Um, they feel a little bit more comfortable to interact with you because, like, oh, okay, you know, this guy, yeah, he seemed pretty genuine, seemed a bit shy, but actually, so what? He, you know, he does surfing, he plays guitar, um, he runs events, or yeah, he does a podcast. Okay, interesting. So it adds a bit more substance to uh, who you are without you having to directly say it. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to these sort of technology things. I like to really deep dive into all these technology things, and I've really I've noticed a bit of a trend, um, a psychological trend that mm. uh, like I, I I meet people out, and I sometimes I get their Instagram, and sometimes I I speak with them on Instagram, and the conversation it kind of fizzles out. But what yeah. I've noticed, but what I have noticed is that they still look at my stories. So yeah. it's like hang on, there's no conversation here, but you're still looking at my life. So it's a bit weird because it's like you you stop talking to this person, but you still have a bit of an interest in them. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's just an interest. Psychologically, I'm just fascinated with how people. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, dude, I totally resonate with what you're saying. <laughs> it, it is frustrating. It, dude, it, happens, it happens to me as well. Like yeah. I might meet, you know, gorgeous female out on a Friday night and then interaction went well. She looks at all my stories, but then just sees my message and doesn't reply. And it happens, dude. Like, you know, there's not a hundred percent foolproof it's not, system on this. 
the the way the way that I've put it is is finding a mate is like finding a job. The more applications you have, the greater the chance of success. The more applications which are not successful can provide valuable feedback as to why they were unsuccessful. And then on that feedback, you can if you take the feedback on, then you're going to improve as a as a male, as a person. Yeah, so, absolutely, man. So, okay, switching to your business, how long have you been running Core Confidence Coaching for? A couple of years. So, uh, started in late 2017. Yeah, but the the idea was in my head for a very long time, man. Um, yeah, but I only, funny enough, like I only grew the balls to say, hey, you know what? This is what I really want to do. This is what I'm, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can swear. Oh, that's good. Because, yeah, I just, that's that's me. So I had this idea for a very fucking long time. And I'm just like, dude, you know, who gives a shit about what people think? Like, this is literally what I'm passionate about. And, and I've learned so much about this whole dating, social, socializing, relationships. Um, and I've had a lot of experience. Like, most of my life was based around just really understanding this. Uh, learning it, understanding, applying it, and also teaching, just friends. And obviously, you know, I made mistakes along the way. I improved, but then I just decided in 2017, yeah, you know what? It's time to just really plant my foot down and just take action and start this up. Yeah, kudos to you. It's it's not easy to, because dating is is one of those things, it's almost... It's it's unheard like it's not very common for people to talk in open about dating. It's almost I would is it taboo or look I, I'm not yeah. too sure, but um yeah, it does take confidence to to go in the open and, and teach these sort of things. It's oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. No. At first, like my thought process was, okay, you know, my friends, my my parents are gonna hear that I'm a dating coach, and then they're gonna think, well, hang on a second, like what qualifies this guy as a dating coach? Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Um, he's not like Mr. Olympia in the dating world or anything, but like, yeah, so I had all this thought process on people judging me and stuff. And what's interesting, man, is barely any, like no one barely judged me at all. Like when I started telling my female friends and girls that I would just meet out on a Friday or Saturday night, they would literally, they'd ask me, they'd say, hey, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've run a social and dating coaching company. And if anything, a lot of girls were for it. They were like a high, high percent. They were like, wow, that's actually interesting. I didn't know for size that it existed. But secondly, man, a lot of guys need your help. And they tell me all these horror stories. And I said, you know what? Like it, it makes me emotional because I'm like, exactly. That's the exact reason why I decided to do what I do. Because there's so many men out there that do need my help or do need some form of help in this area. And they, number one, they don't know. Number two, even if they do know, most of the time they won't admit it. And number three, they don't even know that there's actual help out there that can help him in this area. They literally don't even know that this stuff exists. So they usually go to their friends or they ask a family member that will give them their advice, but they they won't really know whether it's the right advice or the wrong advice, right? So, yeah. Okay, the next question sounds like a little bit of an interview question, but 
I thought I'm going to ask it anyway. So why should somebody why should somebody work with core coaching confidence? Core confidence coaching, yeah. Sorry, sorry, my bad. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> now no, there's too many bloody C's in it. Hey, so it's very confusing. So why should someone work with us, like as a coach and being a part of our team? Uh, why should somebody? Sorry, why should somebody use your services? I should, why should some, I, someone use our services? Sure. So at the end of the day, we have, there's not only myself, obviously I'm the founder of Core Confidence Coaching. Um, we have uh, what, a head coach. Um, so he takes on board um, all the ethical side of things and making sure that the quality control of all of our coaching is um, at a very uh, good standard. Then I have two other coaches as well. Um, one that I just recently took on board. So anyway, for the last 12 months, just to put it simply, um, there's been three of us mainly running these programs, these coaching programs for clients. Now for myself, I've had about more than 12 years of experience in this area. Um, and my other, my other head coach, he has had about the same. And my third coach, he's had about seven years of experience. So when you think of it like this, it's, it's a lot of years of experience put together, right? If anything, we have more than 30 years of experience put together now that we have this, this fourth coach on board, right? And we, we talk about a lot of the situations that our clients are dealing with, and we make sure that we agree upon the advice that we give. Um, so for starters, we make sure there's a very high standard of um, like service that we're providing. The second thing is we run everything through a very ethical standard. So, you know, a lot of dating coaches back in, I'd say probably from the 90s and early 20s, a lot of the stuff that they taught was very manipulative. Um, and that actually gave the industry a bit of a sour taste. Uh, you know, a few companies went... Um, you know, got into the the headlines for the wrong reasons, right? And that was that was a, another deciding factor of like thinking, shit. You know, this is the industry I want to get into, but I don't want to be seen as that guy. You know, getting this bad reputation, being banned from countries. And I thought, you know, how can I build a brand, but a brand that represents uh, strong ethics? And yeah, and then. Basically, my business partner jumped on board because he's like, dude, like 100%, if we're going to do this, we have to, it's going to be a company that lasts for a very long time and there's no backlash. Like we do everything with, um, we do everything right, you know, and at the end of the day, we we do put our clients first as well, man. So um, we do go above and beyond. So if we, if we feel a client has signed up to like an eight week program and they're still struggling, we do take a, an extra bit of our time out during the week just to really push them. But to an extent, if they're not willing to push themselves, then we can't, you know, there's only a certain extent that we can go to, but yeah, man, we, we do go the extra mile with people. Um, and we tailor, we tailor, we tailor our coaching um, style to every different client as well. So it's not like a one size fits all kind of thing. And we're just like in the process line going bang, bang, bang. Like, dude, we literally spend a lot of time behind the scenes to make sure that we're tailoring our, our coaching style to each, each and every client. So yeah, man. Okay. From your experience, do you think 
what is the general area that males of Melbourne need to work on? What, what, yeah, what do you think? What's the most common problem that 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 you that you're faced with? Yeah, in Melbourne, um, interesting. Like just one, like the main one. Uh, oh, you can name a few. Uh, mm. Just, I, I'm just curious, just to get a, a general idea yeah, of, yeah. Okay, it's usually based around their egos, I'd say. Okay, egos in a good and a bad way. So, so uh, most obviously, most of the clients that come to us, they're shy. They've been stuck in their shell for a long time. Like we're talking many years, five to even sometimes ten years. They've been stuck in their shell. This they've been brought up in a. Uh, in a society or from their cultural background, they've just been brought up in a way where they feel like it's it's wrong to approach an attractive girl, right? And they just, they've got all this re- rewiring that we need to untangle um, and help them understand that it's socially acceptable. As long as you do it in a, um, in a mature manner, you're not doing it in a sleazy, creepy way when you approach an attractive girl, um, she will appreciate it, but it's just mostly getting over that hurdle. A lot of these guys are just scared and they they hold off. Like they might seem like the most attractive, successful working class man out there, but they've just deep down inside, they've held held this off and they tend to settle. They tend to settle for uh, mediocre when it comes to the dating life. They And yeah, like it's it's kind of sad almost. So I would say that's probably the number one struggle that we come across. And again, we come across guys in all professions, you know, like whether it's programming or software engineer or even to a business owner, um, doctors. Yeah, man. Like it's all guys from all walks of life, man. It's not an easy thing. Yeah. Finding your mate, your soulmate or Mm. yeah, getting into that dating scene. And you spoke, you touched on the word ego there. Can you elaborate? Can you speak into that? Like, so yeah, sure people, uh, they're scared of having their ego crushed or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, um, I, so they, they, yeah, they feel like, look, they're a bit scared to have their ego crushed. Um, they don't want to go through that process of being rejected because rejection is a tough thing, man. Like a lot of people are not used to getting rejected in life. Um, and some guys take it on really hardcore, like especially if a girl just gives them a soft rejection or they don't they don't really acknowledge him when the guy goes up and talks to her. She he will feel kind of deflated and and that would really put him off to the point where sometimes I've had clients literally walk like they walk away. They they, they just almost go home 30 minutes into my session. Um and I have to really prep talk them. So there's that type of ego and then there's the ego where they they know they deep down inside they know they need the help but they don't want to admit it but they do reach out or they got referred to by a friend um, for our service and they feel like oh you know I'm such a great bloke and uh, they won't obviously say this but you know I can see it you can easily read it They're like oh I'm such a great bloke and um, I've got a great you know, a great job and I make a lot of money and, you know, why should I put in the effort for girls? Girls should come to me. You know, it's an equal, equal world out there. If anything, 
you know, the men are the ones that should be just standing back and the girls are the ones that should be coming to us guys. And yeah, it's, and, and then they kind of challenge the, the things that we say to them. Um, and you know, we're like, okay, this guy is not very coachable. So it's like on the other end of the spectrum, man. Yeah. You can get guys that have a very strong ego that just, they're not coachable at all. So yeah. Yeah. I think the, I'm just curious and fascinated with the ego because mm. I, I think it's something that you need to have, but you need to know when to switch it off. And if, if, if you don't really make that distinction, then you're going to get, you're going to get killed in this world. You, I mean, not killed, but yeah. you're going to, yeah, you're going to suffer, uh, you know, meeting a, a nice person if, if you're yeah. not able to turn that off. Um, which kind of, yeah, which kind of leads me into my next point. Uh, I did doing some research with our, for our interview, I stumbled upon the red pill. Have you heard of this, this thing called the red pill? I have. I haven't, to be honest, I actually haven't looked into all of that much. Um, elaborate for me, please. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to share my screen sure do. because, um, it's just, I'm not sure if it's coming up. That's coming up here. I'm, I'm just going to read a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, having spent my twenties looking for female companionship, I noticed that the dating game wasn't what I was taught, what my parents prepared me for and what I learned from movies. It was stacked against guys and it was very unpleasant experience. Can you give me an example? Over the past 10 years, the flakiness of women has gotten worse. You'd meet a girl, hit it off, get her number and agree to a date. And either she'd no show or cancel right before. I found myself putting in all this effort for nothing. It was very defeating. It's not the way courting worked back when my parents met. Mm. So that's just a little example of yeah. this mind of the red pill mindset. It's this mindset that, uh, like, I can't attract a woman, so I I'm gonna I hate all women. You know this. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. No, what what are your opinions? Right. What are your opinions on that mindset? so it's it's a huge fucking limiting belief man um there's this famous quote i heard from jim rowan many years ago i don't know if you you've know jim rowan he's great um he's actually got really good philosophy so he said um don't wish for things to be easier wish for things so how did he say it um yeah don't wish for things to be easier wish that you're better don't wish for less problems, wish that you had more skills. And that mindset is a victim. They basically got a victim mentality, man. Like I, I totally understand what that um, article was saying. Um, I have had, I have heard of the term thrown around many times, Red Pool. I just never really looked into it all. But yeah, um, straight up to touch on two of those points. So basically how our parents were back in the day of course, the whole dating scene was different back then. Like they didn't have phones. They didn't have social media. And of course, it's completely different because, you know, both guys and girls have options nowadays. Like we, if anything, females have a lot more abundance than guys because they're getting hit up by so many men on these dating apps and social media. Like if you look into a somewhat attractive girl's um, inbox on Instagram or Facebook, or in their requested message inbox on Facebook. I can tell you they've got so many creepy messages just laying in there that that like the guys are just sending, you know, not just double texting, but triple texting, quadruple texting. Um, and it's ridiculous. It's just because social media has given this 
um, given us this platform to just reach out to anyone now. So basically, girls are getting validated left, right, and center, especially in the in the Western culture, right? So yes, things have changed a lot, um, and it doesn't mean that these guys have no chance. Like you, they just have to up their skill, right? Society's gonna fucking change all the time, and if if they just want to get left behind and have this victim mentality, then that's what's gonna happen. They need to learn. Okay, how does how does a man? present himself in an attractive way in the 21st century what does he need to do yes he needs to put in effort fuck like it's it's common sense but they just accept okay shit you know things aren't as easy i'm just going to give up right um and the other point i want to mention yes so movies songs nowadays i personally feel especially movies man they perceive men in the incorrect light of how they should be in relationships and dating so i'll give you an example like a lot of movies nowadays like those love movies um even that movie right i don't want to go on a tangent here but that movie with will smith um called hitch a lot of people go oh you're the you're the hitch guy right so even in hitch like they represented his masculinity in not the most positive light. Like if you look at one of these scenes where he falls in love with Eva Mendes and he's like asking her for a second chance, he basically rocks up to a house, you know, pushes himself into her door and he's like, Hey, you know, and he starts talking. He's like, Hey, you know, just hear me out. And she's like, no, slams the door. And then he just waits there. Right. And it has like this music that conditions you to feel like it's acceptable. Like it's got a comical type of, romantic music behind it right and then she goes out and she goes i'm leaving and she storms out goes to the car and he chases the car down the road and he's talking through the window and she's like hey just you know back off and then he won't and so he jumps on the car you know what i mean and in our minds we feel like oh so that's romantic but if a guy did that in real life like it turns out to be a creep so you know, a lot of movies perceive men to make these type of behaviors acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you're definitely right on that. And um, my friend sent me a question on uh, Messenger, so I'm just going to read one out. <laughs> okay. What What are some key things to learn or take away from every interaction to improve for the next one? Okay, just like... Any general interaction face-to-face, obviously. I'm assuming, yeah, I think face-to-face, yeah. Yeah, so what are some general things to take away to improve for the next one? Um, well, yeah, dude, that's a very broad question, but, like, okay, it depends on the type of compliance he would be getting from the girl that he's speaking to, so... Was she, you know, gauge where her interest level was, you know, was she very um, present or was she kind of like, you know, seeming a bit disinterested in the conversation? So you've got to read into the body language. You've got to read into the interest level and the investment level from her. Was she asking a fair bit of questions or not? Now, these are things that a guy should take into account, you know, once he's had a good interaction or he feels like he has then goes away and thinks, okay, how did my interaction go? Um, 
if she doesn't reply or she kind of ghosted me, if I got her number, then is that, you know, is this happening often? If it is, then maybe it's a me thing. But if it's not, um, if it's like one out of few girls, then maybe it's just the, the girl herself that maybe she just wasn't interested, right? So you've got to look at those statistics. But if it's happening regularly, then you think, okay, I think it has to do with my interactions. So then you start thinking about um, the vibe that I was putting off. Was my body language too invasive? Was I talking too much or was I too boring? So yeah, I guess, look, they're the things to analyze, but yeah, it's a bit of a challenging question because it's not very specific, I'd say. How much does looks play a part in this whole thing? Um, I wouldn't say it's everything, but I would say looks does count to a certain percent. It's that it's that winning advantage, right? It's it will get your foot in the door. Um, I've seen some clients go out there in a day session with me, and they they talk to a complete stranger and they mumble, they they have awkward silences, they they just <laughs> they do awkward things, but they get the girls get let them get away with it because they've got the height and they've got the looks. So it does give them that winning edge but it's not everything man it just gets their foot in the door at the end of the day yeah okay. on the back of that question let's say there's a room of i don't know 10 males and nine of those males are i don't know four foot 11 and there's one male that's six foot five <laughs> from us from a psychological point uh like from a from a real analytical point why and i'm not saying this is for every female i'm just saying this is for some females why are females more or less attracted to tall males what why is there an attraction there or yeah what's your opinion i could be wrong but what, what is your opinion well that's a that is a tricky one i don't whether my answer is correct or not but i feel like it comes down to um well you know for current if we're going back to caveman days, right? Um, it's like um, females are thinking about, okay, I'm only going to mate and trust my uh, my future offspring with a guy that's going to give me the best results, basically. Like, so it's um, like a it's a deep wired biological. Yeah, I, I, would you? Yeah. I feel that, you know, whether that's the correct answer or not, but I, I feel like it would come down to that. Um, they just naturally have it in there. But having said that, if one of the shorter guys comes in with good charisma and he knows how to build attraction, whereas the tall guy might be socially awkward and just like, yeah, just extremely awkward. She, there's nothing to say she will go she won't go for like the shorter guy, right? If there's absolutely, if there's, yeah. yeah, like that always wins. I feel that always wins over looks and everything, man. Yeah, I'm I'm not very tall myself, but I mean, like, just kind of just observing social interactions. I like to, I don't know, I, I just like to sit back and observe how people interact with each other, and it's just interesting. I just I just see that that's a common thing that happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. But as you said, charisma is definitely uh, attractive. Uh, people like to be around people with a lot of charisma, a lot of energy. And yeah, I think uh, it's a good thing to have that, that charisma. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely, because it it builds up sexual tension and and attraction in a girl. Like, you know, she's like for us guys, you know, we we get um we get excited when we see an attractive girl. Like that fits our certain physique and and look and you know whether she's brunette, blonde, etc., blue eyes, whatever, right? But for a girl, she gets turned on by how a man behaves. Really, at the end of the day, how a man behaves. Okay. What about, I guess, ghosting? I mean, because this is, you know, this kind of ties into the idea of rejection and it's, mm. it's not a nice feeling to get rejected, but yeah. What, what are your, what are your opinions and, and, and what are your opinions on that whole thing? I think we might've touched on it before, but maybe going back into it. Uh, yeah. Rejection. How can you limit? How can you limit rejection? Okay, that's a okay. better question. How can you okay. limit rejection? Okay. Huh. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask him the tough questions. <laughs> no. Well, uh, it depends. Like, okay, let's put it into a scenario. So, are we using like a dating app, or are we, you know, are we using Instagram and exchanging details on there when we go out on a Friday night, like? So let's use a dating app because the show's called Dating in the Digital Age. So sure. let's 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 use it, and that's your name of your podcast. So I'll yeah. give a shout out to your podcast, Dating in the Digital Age. You'll find <laughs> it on Spotify. So, uh, yeah. But back to the question: uh, you know, How can yes. you limit? How can you limit the amount of times you get ghosted by text messages on dating apps? So that's your question. That's my question. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, well, in conversations, doing it through text messages, you have to, your your conversations need to be, okay, your conversations need to be interesting to a point where it's leaving the girl on edge where she she wants to be a part of this conversation that you've created. So avoiding all this platonic, boring you know, interviewer styled conversations, like you want to avoid all of that. And, and that's a common mistake. A lot of guys I see make on a regular basis, like a high percent, they just go into interviewer mode where they're like, Oh, you know, what's your, what's your background? How long you been in Melbourne? What do you do for a living? How long you been in that, in that company for? And like, how is this guy being any different? she's probably getting like a gazillion messages like this from every other guy on social media and dating apps. So is this guy for starters standing out? Because if he's not, he's just going to be like a needle in the haystack, right? So you want to be the spotlight. You want to stand out in a way where you're quirky and you're giving off good banter and good charisma through your text messages. So so I would say, you know, in short, giving a few suggestions is um, creating narratives through text messages. So narratives meaning like a bit of role play. Um, so, for example, you can assume the role of like Aladdin and Princess Jasmine in text messages, right? That makes you stand out for starters. Um, so using a bit of narrative and... Also, creating imagery in your text messages as well without needing to send an actual picture, but 
you can create really good imagery just by using text messages. Because uh, remember, at the end of the day, texting is a lot more challenging than face-to-face -face because when we're talking or interacting with a girl face-to-face, -face, we have our body language, we have our tonality of our voice, and that that's like a high percent of the communication and rapport building. But when it comes to text, we're stripping we're stripping away body language, we're stripping away tonality, so we're left with simple words. So we need to use those words to our advantage. Yeah, so I hope that helped. It, yeah, it does help. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I have, yeah, as I said at the start of the podcast, I did read your your book, The Art of Great Text Game. And Fantastic. for those for, for, for those listening, it, it is a good it is a good uh teacher because it, it, it allows you to you have to think creatively when you when you're messaging people, yet messaging women. You have to think creatively. You can't be, yeah, as you said, the the a boring interview style yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Is is there anything else do you think we've missed in this in this in this show today? Is there anything else that uh would add value or would help people at home? Um well I guess if I can just drop a few a few nuggets, right? Like um you know whether like dating for a guy, dating shouldn't seem hopeless, no matter where they're listening from or watching this from, right? Like, no matter what age or background or, you know, culture you've been brought up in, um, everyone has their unique advantage point that they can bring on the bring bring to the table, right? So, for starters, it is a frustrating game because, like, it's like applying for jobs and you're just not getting the for a guy that feels hopeless anyway it's like applying for jobs and they're just consistently not getting replies from um, these companies. And they're like, man, you know, is this guy going to just give up on applying for jobs altogether and go on like Centrelink or welfare? Like, no, of course not. It's frustrating, but dating, dating is a bit more personal because there's emotion attached to it, a lot more emotion attached to it. And we feel, we feel, all right, shit, if we get rejected, is there, they, they take it a bit more personally because they feel, is it my looks? Is it my, you know, is it my fashion sense? Is it, am I not wealthy enough? So they do take it to heart a lot more. They do take rejection a lot, a lot more. Whereas when it's a job, you know, they think, okay, maybe I just need to learn X, Y, Z skills and I'll get hired, you know, easy, uh, a lot easier. So they do feel hopeless in that sense when they get rejected a couple of times, but they should not give up, right? They should realize as I said at the start, they should realize, okay, if I'm not getting the results I want, they need to improve just like I have, okay? I've spent a lot of years on self-development and improving, but what do they want to gain? Is it through online dating or is it through face-to-face? Because -face? they're two different things, okay? They can't expect to get good at dating face-to-face -face if they've only focused on online dating, right? So it's like, do I develop my texting or do I develop my... Uh, personal face-to-face -face skills. So the two different things, you can get good at both. Um, in short, if a guy wants to improve his online dating profile, he needs to stand out like a motherfucker. And how does he do that? He needs to have a good set of photos that creates emotion when a girl looks at him, right? So the photos need to stand out, the bio needs to stand out, and then third thing, they need to be good at texting. 
right? So they're the three things. They're the three, that's the formula for online dating. But if it's face-to-face, -face, they need to work on their, they need to work on their presentation skills, their, you know, their, the confidence, their subcommunications, their eye contact, all of these things. Like there's a lot more put forth on what they need to work on if it's face-to-face. -face. So yeah, anyway, I just wanted to share that because that that is like, a challenge I get asked quite a fair bit from guys are like, oh, you know, I'm not sure. Should I develop my online or should I get coaching from you, Andrew? And we go out and you teach me some face-to-face -face kind of skills and scenarios. Yeah. And they're just confused. They're absolutely confused. What should I do? Okay. I've got one last question and then I think we okay. might wrap it up. So uh, how open-minded do you believe Melburnians are, Melburnian women are in comparison to other countries? That's a good question. Yeah. Dude, I was asked this question two days ago from a client. Um, how open-minded? So I would say, okay, it is a broad question, but I, I have a feeling what you're, we are asking and obviously with in regards to dating, um, I do find the woman in other countries like Latin, well, in South America and Europe, they do seem to be a lot more open because there's massive cultural diversity, especially in Europe. Like there's their, their culture and their way of living is a lot more different um, down obviously here in Australia. Um, I do find, especially in Melbourne, people are a lot more guarded. Females are a lot more guarded. It's a lot more challenging here in Melbourne. So you've got to put in a bit more work. Um, they are, Look, females in Melbourne, they are open-minded, but they do put up a fair few walls compared to girls from South American Europe. Like to keep it simple and short. Yeah, just from my experience, from things I've seen, yeah, and from the different cultures that I've experienced and obviously dated, from various cultures, yeah, they just seem a lot more open um, overseas. Okay, that's not to say anything bad against anyone. That's just the, that's Absolutely. just the general vibe. Yeah, that's yeah. just the general vibe. That okay, that's that's cool. All right, well, uh, yeah. yeah, we might we might um we might wrap it up there. And awesome. I'm going I'm going to flash up. I've got your website details right, and cool. your mobile number on the on the screen there. So if anybody does want to get some coaching. Uh, there's got the website there. Um, any final messages? How, how can people reach you as well, Andrew? I've got the website there. Uh, but yeah, dude, that's pretty much it. Otherwise, like, yeah, people usually uh, message us through our website, or I get phone calls every now and then. Um, as long as you don't call after midnight. <laughs> but um, otherwise, they can easily find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Most people sometimes do reach out on Insta. You know, that's the thing nowadays. It's just Andrew J Gung. Um, very easy to find. Yeah. Andrew J. Gung. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, it's been awesome. It's been awesome chatting with you, Andrew. And uh, we've touched on a few things. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Cheers, Christian. All right. See you soon, buddy.